today on the breakdown. Sometimes you just have coolers. You know, you have you flop top set, you flop the nut flush, you flop the nut straight, and someone else flops a huge hand too, and just all the money gets in. But sometimes the money doesn't get in, Grant and other listeners. Sometimes it's not what you expect. And we're going to talk about a very interesting cooler that happened very recently on Poker Night in America right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I'm sorry I made all those assumptions that made you so upset. Yeah, what were you doing there, man? I, that's my bad, dude. I got to tell you something. We've been doing this podcast for how long? Uh, nine years. I'm going to say over three years, maybe three and a half years now, right? Yeah. Every week, three and a half years. I believe this is the first time you've ever been referred to in the opening, except for, you know, with Grant and Jonathan. I don't think I've ever really? directly addressed you before. I don't know. I think that's correct. Well... All you hardcore listeners out there who listen to every episode like nine or ten times, go back through the archives and let us know. Jackie Hughes, we're talking to you. Or maybe we're talking to Ronnie, who suggested this hand. Oh, nice. Nice work, Ronnie. Ronnie. Shout out to Ronnie. I know Ronnie. Yes, you do. He's uh, a poker coach in client of yours, actually. good guy. I like like me some Ronnie, and uh, he did a good job suggesting this. Nobody else suggested it. Well, what's up with all y'all? We got Alec Torelli involved, who's become a bit of a pariah in the poker world. Yeah, he's not letter or anything like that, but, you know, we have some video evidence of some at least seemingly shady behavior. Let's go that far. Yeah. I'm willing to go that far. I call it seemingly shady at a minimum. And if you ask me, you know, not on microphone and on air, I might be a little less ambiguous about it. I might just say shady, straight up shady. You can't trust that guy. But I wouldn't say that on the air because that's, that's <laughs> irresponsible. You can't say that. No, no, I wouldn't. No. That's bad. So I wouldn't say, but but off off the air for sure, I would say that about it. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you can't trust that guy. <laughs> That's I mean, off the air. Well, there's nothing shady about this hand. I'm going to say that it's just correct. It's just a, a played hand. Yes, it's a cash game. It's twenty five fifty game. I think I'm going to start calling him Sneaky Alec Torelli. <laughs> <laughs> if that feels good to you, it feels great. All right, let's go. Okay. <laughs> So it's a 2550 game, and we're going to open the action with Torelli, who is in early position. We think he's plus two. Yeah. Um, we're not making a video of this, in part because they did such a weird job with the video. The guys who were... Now that we make these shows ourselves, we, we understand a little more. The guys who were doing the production were not really paying attention. Not at all. It's really clear. And we know, because sometimes we lose focus for a second and make a mistake, and we're like, oh, yeah, that guy missed that completely. Except this happens multiple times in this hand, both with the graphics and the cameras. Whoever's directing it's not paying attention. It's kind of brutal. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. So, podcast only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Congratulations. Congratulations, podcast listeners. All right. So, Torelli opens with ace nine of spades to 150. We are at 2550. Yes. That's fine. Yep. Uh, Tom, Thomas Canuli, is that right? Tom Canuli. Yeah, he's the that kid who looks like he might be in like a Beastie Boys cover band. That's true, but he yeah. talks like he's just come out of a Choice Center seminar, you know? Yeah. So it's an interesting combination. Who, uh, he final tabled the World Series main event in what, 2015? I believe that's right. He went out with his, when well, he had aces against 10s pre, got in, uh, and he got the dude flopped a 10 on him. Yeah. That sucked for him. But what are you going to do? Yeah. Not get it in with aces. Canuli gives me the vibe of a guy who's like one of those guys who's like, you just got to want it more than the other guy. Like that's something he might say. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to get in there. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's a garbage human in this hand. He has two fives. He's going to call red fives. Doesn't matter who cares. Right. Because he's not going to not going to get to showdown. Yeah. Or anything close to it. Then we got Matt Glantz. That guy's been around forever in the poker world. He has. That's true. He's been around for a long time. Seen some ups, seen some downs. Grant, I'll tell you what. Well, I've feel like he's not going to be around much longer if he keeps doing what he's about to do here, which is call the early position raise of Alec Torelli with queen 10 offsuit in the hijack. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, in fairness, Torelli's more like in the earliest of middle positions rather than the, or the latest of early positions. He isn't like under the gun or under the gun plus one, right? Okay. Helps a little bit. He's plus two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to come up with the defense. No, he shouldn't be. I mean, if it was suited, I would feel fine with this call. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Although I'd be like, oh, that's near the bottom of my calling range here. Um, I mean, really? I mean, you'd call with seven, eight suited and six, eight suited. Yeah, but one seven suited and five, six. When suited. We're talking about a deep stack cash game. I think those hands are far better than queen 10. Um, that's fair. Of course, the other side about deep, deep stack cash games is those hands end up having big reverse implied odds too. the baby, you know, when you make smaller flushes, they do. okay, whatever. But still, you'd rather be, you'd Queen rather be 10 suited. off is a terrible call here. Okay. 
I would. I certainly don't recommend it. How about that? <laughs> okay. I completely agree. I'm just fighting back. So we we agree. This yeah, is we bad. do. We we agreed when we saw the video. You said bad call. I'm like, of course that's a bad call, yeah. right? I mean, obviously I agree. All right, then we got uh, Bart Hansen, who is another poker podcaster. He's been doing that forever, huh? Yeah, poker podcaster. Also, poker uh, used to be a poker commentator on Live at the Bike. He was the original Live at the Bike guy. Yeah. He so he's of... bas- basically, we're following in Bart, Bart Hansen's shoes, pretty much. Yeah, right? he scorched the path for us. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. He blazed the trail. Yeah. Scor- right. Scorched the path. Yeah. Um, he is in the big blind with two eights, the eight of clubs and the eight of hearts, and he calls. That seems like a good call and a reasonable call. Of course. The pot is now $625. We're going to the flop, which I did not write down the flop. But I know what it is. It's It's no problem. Seven deuce all spades. Eight, seven deuce all spades. Nice work. No problem. So what does that mean? Well, it means a few things. It means Bart Hansen, poker podcaster and other things, commentator. Just flop top set. Path scorcher. Path scorcher. (laughs) Top set. So that's a monster hand. Remember we were talking about coolers, though? Yeah. Sneaky Alec Torelli just <laughs> flopped the nuts, man, with the ace nine of spades. Yeah. Matt Glance has got overs in the 10 high flush draw. That's why you call. I mean, because if you're going to flop like this, I'm, I am sorry for saying it was a bad call pre-flop. <laughs> Canuli, of course, uh, just has a pair of red fives and nothing going on, but he has the will to win. You know what? Maybe he can find a, find a way to, he wants it more. Pull this one out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Hanson's going to check. Uh, you, there is an argument for, for leading here. There's a pretty a, good argument, actually. In a multi-way pot. All right, what, what is your in, initial thought of why it's good? This is the kind of board that might just check through a lot. Yes, it like is. a lot. And we miss out on a huge amount of value by not starting to build a pot right away. It's also the kind of board where you can come up with lots of ways people can call you. Overpairs are going to call you. Big spades, like the ace of spades and the king of spades are going to call you. Um... Other things might call you also, by the way. But those things might all bet anyway. They might. That's true. That's a good point. They might bet. Overpairs with their, that aren't spades may bet. They may not. Yeah. But, but you're right. They, they, they often are going to bet. Um, but there's lots of sort of middling hands that can call but really can't bet themselves also. Like, well, I mean, like, yeah, I'm trying to come up with something. I was going to say like two sixes, but no, nah, two sixes are probably just going to fold if we bet. Of course right? they're going to fold. Yeah. I guess if Matt Glance had two sixes and it folded to him, he could consider calling because he's the last one on the boat. But otherwise, you're right. So what's the value? The value of this is not allowing a free card to come off for the whole world as opposed to charging them. Right. So like Matt Glance's hand, for example, um, this isn't a value play, but against Matt Glance's hand, if we bet as Bart Hansen here, Glance is going to fold. Um, okay, sure. And he has equity against us. Like we, yeah. we deny him his spade equity. By the way, if we bet... What's the pot? 625? Yeah. We bet $300 and the other two guys fold. Matt Glance in position might call once with overs in a 10 high spade. Well, that would be another bad call by Matt Glance. Well, he made the first one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't know did. what he's going to do. I don't think we should be so so convinced he's going to fold right away. All right. So I was saying there is an argument for betting and it feels like there's not as much of one. Yeah. Now that we've actually gone through it, I kind of agree with you. Like the big flush draws are often going to bet. It's also set up so that way Alec Torelli goes first before the next two guys. If Alec Torelli was on the button, I would feel stronger about us betting now. Yeah. Because then the other two guys might be checking to, you know, do something. But once Alec Torelli checks, if those guys have anything, they're going to bet anyway. Yeah. Not not necessarily they're going to have very many overpairs, but big spades or, you know, a pair of some sort, whatever, like a seven suited, you know, nine, seven, whatever, whatever they may have. Also, just in case we have someone in really bad shape, we'd hate for it to check through. That's true. Although I don't know what, what we could, I mean, we have everyone in bad shape who doesn't have a flush though. So what am I talking about? Right. Right. Just let's move on. Because obviously if someone has bottom set, they're going to bet anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, so Hanson checks. All it's right. fine. That's, I suddenly like a check more than a bet. The check is this. a standard play anyway, by the way. Like yeah. we're in first position here. Yeah. We're playing in flow. We check. Now, this is the more interesting check. Alec Torelli decides to check. Sneaky I would Alec call Torelli. That, I would call that sneaky. That is beyond sneaky. That's downright All right. so confidential. I know your initial reaction was this is bad. Yeah. I let's, did think that. Let's, uh, let's figure out if it really is. Okay. It's possible that we'll come to some conclusion. It's like, oh, you know what? I get it. It's possible. I mean, we just did that already with uh, Bart Hansen, right? Right. But we hadn't really had any thoughts about his check before. That's true. But but my initial thought was, oh, I, I like betting here more than checking. And then we talked about it. All right. Like so give me better. the reasons you like betting better than checking as Torelli. We have flopped the nuts on an 8-7 deuce all spade board. We have ace nine of spades. Well, here's the... There's like three really good ones. I haven't actually counted. I'm just saying three because, you know, cardinality and all that. Um, number right. one, we have the nuts. Building a pot can't be bad. 
Yes. That's number one. Number two, we were the original preflop raiser. We might continue with a lot of hands here. Any overpair with a spade? Any, like maybe with the ace queen, with the ace of spades, stuff like that. Like there's lots of stuff we're going to continue on here. So having the nuts is probably a good thing to put in in our continue range as well. I think at least most of the time. I suppose. Now let's, let me, this is going to get a little bit weird and in-depth, but whatever. That's what we're here for, right? Yeah. So Charlie's plus two. So from a theoretical perspective, how low do you think his suited aces go? That's is, a great is, question. Is ace nine the bottom here? I mean, if he's opening ace nine... I guess the question is, is he opening all ace, of them? Right. ace six? Right. Because the eight and the seven are on board. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So it's just ace six, ace five, ace four, ace three. Those are yeah. the only other ones. Is he opening those? I mean, I wouldn't, but that I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'd open ace nine suited either, plus two, generally. You know, I think it's close. I would open his ace 10 for sure. All right. So, so if we close. give him all of them. Okay. Let's okay, do it. He has eight nut flushes here in his range. Okay. How low do his unsuited aces go? Um, I'm trying to figure out how many. Not that low. Not, not very low. I'm just I trying to figure eight, out how many pure ace of spades he has in his range. Let's assume ace 10. I okay. think that's maybe it might be as low as ace. It may be ace jack, but it's certainly no lower than ace 10, right? Let's give him ace 10. Okay. Okay. Ace, ace sure. 10. What the yeah. hell? So that's 10 jacks. So that's uh, 16. So we have twice as many combos of lone ace of spades as we do nut flushes here. As let's, just, let's just be clear. So the way you did that math was you did three for king, queen, and, sorry, king, four. queen, jack, 10, right? Four. four. No, it can't be four because it's unsuited. So it's three each, right? Oh, right. You're right. Three. Yeah, so, it's, so there's 12. 12. Okay. So we have 150% the combos of naked ace of spades as we do nut flush if we open all of our suited aces here. If we bet them, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Now, as Alex Torelli, we might also bet other things for value, like over pairs with a big spade in our hand, sets if we have a set of seven or eights or something like I that. I agree, right? but those are all very strong hands, whereas if our opponents are going to want to continue in the hand with something that's not crazy strong... They're going to want us to have the naked ace of spades a lot of the time. Oh, okay. Sure. So so he's got 12-ish combos of the ace of spades in his hand. Do we think Alec Torelli is not going to continue? Assuming he continues with the naked ace of spades like we're talking about, do we think if he has ace king with the king of spades, he's just going to check and not bet? He may continue with that. Because calling is tougher than betting, you know? Yeah, he may continue with that. You just know if a spade comes, you have to play it carefully. You're probably not going to fold. You've got the second nuts, but you're probably going to What about play the queen it. of spades? Ace queen with a queen. I'm more apt to check that one. But so, I, might, I might bet it once and see, like, let the hand define itself. Hope I, you know, if I fold out the two guys behind me, now I have the button. That gives me a nice advantage for the rest of the hand if, if Bart calls. I might bet about, it once. What about king queen or king jack with the king of spades? Yeah, I guess these are all, like, interesting questions. If we add king queen and king jack with the king of spades and ace king with the king of spades, that adds nine more combos of naked flush draws that we could have here. I mean, I think we should be betting some of those. We shouldn't be betting all of our naked flush draws all the time. We should be betting a bunch of them, right? Yeah. Because we have to balance when we have a, when we actually have something and we can take. All of this to say that we have a lot of hands that are not really showdownable in a multi-way pot mm-hmm. that we might bet here. Yes. Which means it's okay to bet the nuts here. The only way that Alec Charlie should be checking this that makes sense to me is if he just has a thing, which is basically nine high board, all one suit, I always check that, Yeah. period. Sure. But four ways, I think you can throw a lot of that stuff out. Yeah, I agree. And just bet for value. If it's heads up, it feels different because you're going to fold out your opponent so often or whatever. But this feels different to me. I, I feel like just go ahead and bet it, man. It's here's okay. another thing. Hope someone else has something. Here's another thing that's great about our hand. Kind of like when we talk about flopping a straight, we don't block any of the pairs. True. So that means our, our opponent's have all of the the like two p- top two pairs in their range and we don't block any of those combos and stuff like that yeah i mean first of all i mean we don't like there are other flushes people can have that are very very strong hands yeah. sets as we see and top two are all reasonable holding and nobody's going to fold an eight right now for one bet no way yeah i mean, honestly if it if we bet and two people fold and bart hansen has a seven he's going to call also. Right. And we open in early position. People can have two tens, two jacks, two nines here. Right. The only thing, the only way we're, quote, crushing the board is because we have the ace of spades in our hand. But so what? Like, this feels like such an obvious bet to me. I'm yeah. really surprised. I jacks. agree with you at this point. And maybe it's a balance thing. Yeah. Or maybe it has to do with ha- what happens next. Maybe he knows something mm-hmm. because Canuli checks and Matt Glance bets. Yeah. So maybe it has to do with that. Maybe he thinks Glance is just so wide when it's checked to him in position that he's guaranteeing a bet goes in anyway. And people maybe are more likely to call Glance than him because everybody knows this about Glance. So he could get more people in the pot that way. There is. That is cool. 
But then there's a problem that this sets up for later streets. Assuming Which is, some, we're uh, out of flow now. We're out of flow, right? And and glance, glance is in position. And so, like, if we check later, if we if we only call, sorry, if we raise, fine. Then actually, I kind of like maybe that's what we're gonna have to talk about because Mac Lance bets if we should raise or just call. If we raise, then this is totally fine. If we decide to just call, though, then we can. It's gonna be so easy for Glance not to bet the turn, and you know, just for it to check through because it's scary. That's yeah. the only problem. But okay, but but it is fair. I letting Glance bet, and then we could decide to put in a check raise right now. It does look pretty strong, but that's okay. Anyway, so Glance is gonna bet. Let's talk a little bit about Glance betting here. Okay. By the way. Glance has like 4,000 left. He is not deep, although they don't show us stack sizes. He's not deep. There's not like some massive multi-street plan he can have here necessarily. Yeah. I mean, he starts the hand with like over 80 blinds. I mean, I'm not defending his preflop call. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Okay. So he's somewhat deep. It checks to glance on this eight, seven deuce, three spade board. Glance has queen of diamonds, 10 of spades against three opponents. He decides to bet. Yeah. I don't think I like that. Well, let's talk about it a little bit. All right. He bets 400 into 625. Okay. First of all, I don't like it either, but I'm going to try and defend it for a second. All right. Okay? You would think as Matt Glance, if Alec Trolley had something good, he would bet it. I would think that. Yeah. You might think, oh, Alec Trolley has like ace jack of diamonds. Right. Alec Trolley is probably just going to have to fold. Yeah. That's pretty good. Tom Canuli, if he had something, he probably would have bet after Alec checked. I guess he might have at least. I think almost always yeah. he's going to bet his value there. Yeah. Right? Because otherwise, because if you're Tom Canoe and you have something, you're blocking whatever whatever Matt Glance may have. And so, like, you just got to, you want to bet to get value. So, we really only have to worry about, in theory, Bart Hansen, who is, yeah. who absolutely can have, as we see, top set or the, can have anything. He can have the nuts. Um, but the other two guys you shouldn't be too worried about. And you think you can usually get them both to fold. So, if you only have the small blind to worry about, it's not that bad. It's a big blind. Sorry, the big blind, right? Yeah. But that's, that's not so bad. Also, it's the big blind, not even the small blind. I like that a little bit more, too. You know, he's, maybe, he's a little bit more apt to call with a wider range. These are reasonable points. So that's, that's what I got. Why don't you give us some points on the other side there? Um, our, we, we did not flop very well. We do have the 10 of spades in our hand. But we do have... I know you are saying these things about Torelli and Canuli, but we don't know that for sure, obviously. Torelli has the nuts. I mean, of course, you don't know anything for sure. Right, but... What I'm saying is there could be a lot of showdown value out there that is not planning on folding. Like Torelli, sure, he has ace-jack of diamonds in his range. He also has two, two red tens in his range that he's never folding. Not like, on the flop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to have this like big plan, play this high-variance pot where the board's going to get tricky a lot of the time. We're betting into three players. It seems a little ambitious to think we're always going to get all three players to fold here. We don't have to always get all... You're talking about these things in terms of certainties, though, right? You don't yeah. have to have it certainty at all. He's betting 400 to win 625. So he only needs everyone to fold a certain percentage of the time, right? Okay. And by I the way, he can win on later streets if only one of them calls. Also, if, he can improve. If we're going to decide to bluff in spots like this, yeah. I want to choose better hands than this hand. Great. What's an example? An example would be something that has a bit more equity. Maybe we can have like king 10 with a king of spades. You know, like mm-hmm. we actually have more of a chance to win when the right cards come out. When, when we're called. Like yeah. we bet, we get called, and it, we have... More things we can root for, basically. Yeah, or maybe we have nine ten with with a, a spade, so we have an open ender. Mm-hmm. Like, so if nobody has a flush, we at least have like decent equity against the field. Right. Okay. Whereas queen ten is just kind of a random stab. Feels kind of random. Yeah. It's hard to argue that. It feels like we called randomly preflop and we're stabbing randomly now. It's eight nine. No, it's seven eight. Seven eight. Seven eight. Yeah, we don't even have the gut shot. We have backdoor gut shot. Yeah. <laughs> So there's always that. It just feels like a bit spewy, a bit ambitious. Yeah, it's definitely ambitious. And I, it's, it feels a little bit like Barry Greenstein. Yeah. You know, where Barry Greenstein C-bets 100% of the time, sort of just like, I don't know. I mean, that obviously can't work against good players. It'd be so easy to pick that guy off. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, I, I got to yeah. say, I've been watching. I decided to go back through and watch High Stakes Poker again because some some wonderful person or entity put all of the High Stakes Poker uh, episodes in full on YouTube, which they haven't been for years. You'd have to watch like four minutes at a time, mm-hmm. but now they're there. So I'm like going back watching season one, which is a little brutal sometimes, but Greenstein in there. Oh my God. Like all of the plays are incredibly bad, but the Greenstein hundred percent C bet is hilarious. It's so funny. There are times when he opens like seven, eight suited gets called in four spots. It's like an ace Jack 10 board with none of his suit and he bets. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Outrageous. Yeah. I was wondering if he did it even into like large fields, but he does tell me he does. That is really funny. Yeah. Really, really funny. I remember he was Mimi Tran. Who's his disciple. Yeah. Made the final three of a world poker tour event. And, uh, 
she was doing pretty well, and I think then she started to lose some of the chips. And on a break, they had, like had them mic'd up or something like that. And he went over and he said, raise every button and continuation bet every time. I remember watching that and thinking, I don't know if that's going to work. Like, yeah. That's a questionable. That doesn't seem like a good strategy to me. I think Nenad Menek, is that the name of a... Good? I remember him. Yeah, so he, was, he won that, as it turns out. And there's some amateur there, too. But Barry wasn't talking about, like, pick on the amateur. Stay away yeah. from the pro. He's just like, you know, always raise in this spot. Always C-bet. And seems like, exploitable. It seems quite exploitable. She finished third. <laughs> now, I'm not saying it's because of Barry Greenstein's advice, but, you know, it's probably because of Barry Greenstein's advice, you know? Yeah. Anyway, back to... Uh, right. So, okay, I see your points about Glantz, and, like, he might think that Torelli and Cornelia are both auto-folds for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, think, I think they're both going to fold a reasonable amount of the time. Nonetheless... Without, without, Hanson, in the, without Hanson in the hand... I think it's a very reasonable bet. How about that? I think I can even say that. Okay. Maybe it is. But I guess the overall theoretical point I want to make is we're not forced into playing this pot and we're not forced into betting here. We can choose better times. We can choose far better times. We don't need to put $400 in here. It just feels like a bad time. Mm -hmm. Also, it's not the end of the world to check, have a spade hit, and, you know, win that way. If yeah. like, I, I guess he's feeling like if a spade hits and he has the best hand, he's never going to get any more money anyway. It's really hard to anyway. Well, that's true. So, so you bet now to try and if someone has a pair, they'll call and then the spade comes later or you bluff them or whatever you have to do. You know, sometimes you have a bad hand and you're not supposed to put more money in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was true preflop. As it was well. definitely true preflop. But hey, it's Matt Glance, you know. Yeah. He barely gave a passing. I'm going to say it glance to his cards, perhaps. Oh, you did it. Sneaky Alec Torelli. Let's go. <laughs> All right. That's not the most interesting part here. Yeah. This is what we do. We just take a lot of time on smaller smaller parts of the hand on the flop and turn because that's what we do. We're so cool now, that way. now Hansen has an interesting decision. He has mm. top set. Yeah. So it gets a little tricky. I mean, unfortunately, Poker Night in America didn't show us stack sizes, but we think Torelli has the rest of the guys covered, and we think Hansen has about 10K. Yeah. So what do you do as Hanson here? Okay, as Hanson, we're in the mindset. Okay, we have to believe that Alec Torelli, and, and Bart Hanson would know this too, thinks very strongly that Mac Lance is probably going to bet if checked too, right? Yeah. We have to believe that. Otherwise, what the hell is Alec Torelli doing? Right. So let's go with that. We'll give him full credit here. Sneaky Alec Torelli, who can't be trusted. Um, so <laughs> so uh, Bart Hanson sitting there, I could see how he'd sit there and look, say, Alec rarely has a good hand here. Yeah. Like, rare. I'm not saying he never does. Of course, sometimes he may check to let Mac Lance fire, but most of Alec's range that's checking here is, is just giving up, right? Especially if I raise. Like, yes. if I raise, what's Alec supposed to be able to go with here? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, not very much. Like, middle set and right. hands that are better than mine. Right. Wouldn't, Alex, he bet, wouldn't he bet middle set? You'd say to yourself. As if Alec's checking ace-king with the ace of spades, sometimes he might just fold if... If right. Hansen raises. He might have to fold. Yeah. Right. So we don't want any of that. Right. right. So also we assume, as I said before, from Matt Glance's point of view, that Canuli's going to bet if he had something. Yeah. So if we raise, we think Torelli and Canuli are almost always folding, like some crazy, crazy high percentage of the time, high 90s. Yeah. And Glance, because we know he's just apt, you know, apt to just take a stab here and there, is often going to fold too, and the hand's just going to be over. So best course of action is to let Glance keep bluffing? I mean, the problem is... There's some, there's some trouble cards for us that can come on the turn in the river. Yeah. And by just calling, we might let in a big spade, even if Glance didn't have one himself. You know, and it's good. I guess if a big spade comes in that we're three-handed, we're just never even going to consider right. doing anything. We're just going to get out of the way. Yeah. So I think we have to try and decide if we're trying to win a big pot or a small pot. Um, it's hard to win a big pot by raising unless Glance has something. I agree. And besides that, we're just going to win a small pot, and that's, it's going to be over. Our hand is so powerful... I understand why Hanson would find a call here. I do too, that. and that's what he does. He calls, and I mean, there's another thing too that's a little scary. I mean, we definitely don't have the nuts. All of the flushes are out there. Mm-hmm. It becomes a poopy spot if we get three bet. By Glance? By anybody. By anyone else, it becomes a very poopy spot, although we hope they have sevens. If I it's guess. Glance, we can put him on the ace of spades a little more easily. Also, Glance only has 80 blinds in front yeah. of him. We're just going to go with yeah, it. We're Obviously, go we're with going with our hand against anybody, right? right? I mean, we're not going to not go with top right. set. But going with it against Glance might be okay, but against the other two guys might be a losing proposition. I mean, we always have equity, right? We have equity against yeah, everything. We so do. That's, and we have somewhat reasonable equity. Yeah, like 34%. I don't even know if it's that high, but it's, it's, it's pretty good. And there's times when they're going to have just the big draw, and there's times when they're going to have 
two pair or a set, you know, the last eight in the deck and a seven or a set of Let's play this out for a second. Yeah. Let's say we, as Hanson, raised to 1,200 here. Okay. And we have 10K effective. Yeah. And Torelli essentially moves us in. Great. Is it correct to call? Yes. Okay. Is it, does it feel good? No. Do you, do you disagree with either of those things I just said? Well, we should do the math on if it's correct to call. Okay. So we assume Torelli is pretty much only doing that with a flush, right? No. What else is he doing it with? Middle set. Really? Um, the ace of spades. You think he's just going to move in with middle set? Um, or the ace of spades? I don't know. I don't know what Alec Torelli is going to do. He's sneaky. I'm going to disagree that he's going to do those things. But, but like, we have to th- if you play out the hand, look, I know we know that he has the nuts here. Yes. So it makes it a little easier to say, well, he can obviously have the nuts here. But if you're sitting there from Bart Hansen's point of view and you th- you raise and you get three bet by Alec Torelli to a, to a large amount, he makes it 5,500. So like you're saying, he's essentially moving us in. I'd sit there and be like, would he really play a flush like this? This is such a weird way to play a flush, right? Like, why wouldn't he bet his flush on the flop? But what else is he playing like that? It's not like... Hansen is capped. Hansen is completely uncapped. Hansen is completely... Although, if Alec Torelli has the ace of spades in his hand, Hansen is capped. Okay. So then it comes back to... Would Alec Torelli check the ace of spades? Right. And then would he really go through with this once there's a bet and a raise? These are great questions that seem unlikely. Feels unlikely. Feels unlikely. Um, do we really think if we make it 1,200, Alex is going to just call as opposed to try and get it in here? Think because we can have a flush draw? ourselves. I mean, I guess he can call and see what happens on the turn, but he might decide to put in a raise with middle set. He might. It's I don't a know. cash game. Guys play a little more loose in a it's cash a tr- game. It's a really tricky spot with middle set as Torelli if Hansen raises here. I mean, well, you're never folding, right? No, you're never folding. So you're just trying to decide between... The thing is this. You might decide, if I'm beat and the board runs out clean, I'm probably getting it in, right? Like, like if he makes it 1,200 now, he's going to bet 2,400 or 2,200 on the turn. Or No, he's going to bet more. Sorry, he's going to bet like 28, 3,000 on the turn. He's going to move in on the river. Am I really folding a set of sevens if, the, if a spade doesn't show up? Seems unlikely. Okay, so... Maybe, maybe if we think Hansen's crazy type, but I don't think people think that All right, that but Torelli is also... If he's not folding a set of sevens, yeah. he's also not folding any flush. Of course not. He's not going to fold a flush. So he has like a ton of combos of flushes then because we're not just talking nut flushes. Right, he just has to play them all this way. Yes, yeah. He has to and open them or plus two. a set of two. sevens. Yeah, of course, but he has to open them plus two and then take this line. I'm right, saying no, I'm saying we're there. The line has been taken. No, like, I understand. This- but then what about all the other things he can have? Like you're saying, you're, you're, you're taking a very strong stance that he yes. can't have bluffs, basically. Yeah. I'm wondering if he can. And his bluffs are the ace of spades? It has to be, right? What else could it be? So as we said, that's 12 combos. Yeah. Versus... We'll give them all three combos of a set of sevens, if you want. I don't know if we really can do that. Yeah. So, like, how many flush combos do we give him, and how many ace of spades combos do we give him? Um, it's ho- I mean, it's really hard to figure that out. I believe there's more flush combos than ace of spades combos simply because of the amount out there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, if, if he essentially puts us all in for 10K, yeah. and we've made it 1,200, so that's another 8,800 to call. Mm-hmm. And the pot is going to be... Let's see, 400 plus 1,200, 1,600. Pot's going to be about 1,800 before Torelli moves in. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Torelli moves in, let's say, effectively moves in. No, it's going to be 2,200 before Torelli moves in. Okay, so it's 2,200. So then you put out his, quote, call before he is raised. So it's another 1,200 to make it 3,400. Yeah. And then he's going to move us in for an additional... 8,800. Or so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so 88 to win, like... 12,000 and change. Yeah. So 9,000 to win 12,000. Yeah. Something like that. So if, if Torelli has only flushes, we're supposed to fold. Yes. If Torelli has flushes and sets of sevens and maybe even just a few bluffs, we're probably supposed to call. I mean, okay, but the sets of sevens, there's only three of if he plays them this way. Yeah. But again, I don't know how often we're going to expect. I mean, I guess I don't know how I plays any of his hands this way. It seems so weird. Although, since he's here, he could have played this hand. Yeah. Because look, he got to this point where now he could put in the, the three bet if, if Hansen raises yeah. with the nuts somehow. It seems so crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not... Okay, this is all just to go back and say, raising can put you in a tricky spot. Yeah. It can, it can make it like mathematically ambiguous whether or not it's profitable to get it in. I mean, if you have the jack high flush here in your Hansen, you're getting it in, right? Yeah, I think you are. See, that sort of sucks. You're drawing dead. 
as yeah. opposed to with top set where you can't be drawing dead. Well, most jack high flushes, you have at least a straight flush draw on this board. <laughs> okay, maybe you have one out. Yeah. As opposed to all the outs, yeah. you know, that you get otherwise, you know. You're 4% if you get it on the flop. Right. Slightly less, right? Something like that. So, yeah. So, it's uh, maybe slightly more. But um, So, in that way, you'd rather have top set, than, as it turns out. Than, but, but, of course, you have the king high flush. You're always going to go with it. Yeah. And the jack high flush is going to be tough to fold. I think it's going to be really tough to fold. Well, I think he wanted to avoid that, and that's why he called. He wanted to avoid all of that. I don't think he's trying to avoid anything from Alex Torelli. Well, no, not necessarily. But that may be an inkling in his head. Like I disagree. I think you're giving... I think you just know all the hands, man. Not like, necessarily from Torelli, from anybody. Like, Well, but Canuli and Torelli both are unlikely to have really big hands, even though Torelli does. And I think we're happy to get it in with Glance right now. So you think the call is entirely to let Glance keep bluffing? I do, and maybe let a few other people in, too. Yeah. I think it's really about that. That's probably a bigger reason. Yeah. But... I mean, it should be a side note that it, it can get in a tricky spot if you raise. Of course, but that's pretty much... Anytime you don't have the nuts and you raise, you can get in a tricky spot, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, it's easy to say that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's always the case, right? It's not always the case to this extent, I feel. I mean, this is a pretty tricky spot you'd be in. I mean, I don't think it is a tricky spot, ultimately. I think we, like, sigh, hate our lives, and, and put the chips in because we have top set. I'm like, well, that happened. I hope, I hope the board pairs. <laughs> well, he calls. He calls, and that seems like a good play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, and we assume that he's calling with the intention of checking the turn to let Glance continue to fire and assuming often the other two guys are going to fold. Yeah, that's going to happen a lot. That but, seems like a good plan. But guess who's not going to fold? The guy with the nuts. Alec Torelli, yeah. So yeah. what should Torelli do now? Okay, so we talked about this already before a little bit, right? Here's the, here's the two options and the problems with both of them. The op- option one is, well, there's three options. Option one is fold. I have a problem with that because you have the nuts. Yeah. You're like throwing can't away do that. money. You can't do that. Not allowed. Don't do that. That's I mean, collusion. it's allowed. It's collusion. It's, he's not colluding with anyone. You're calling it. It's not collusion. He's just making a bad fold. <laughs> it, it's not collusion if, he, if he's not colluding with anyone. It could easily be perceived as collusion by anybody observing. It would 100% be perceived as collusion, but it doesn't make it collusion. But let's not get into that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, his, his, so what he's really got to decide between is calling and then he's got the problem that as you said he's out of flow and of course he's out of position to glance and it's and we know what Matt glance has it's unlikely Matt glance is going to bet again maybe a, an offsuit queen can show up and glance will take a shot if everyone checks to him again but like mostly he's going to check through and now we lose the ability to build a pot when we have the nuts which really blows yeah but, um if we check raise though here's the problem with this Matt glance if he doesn't have anything which he often won't is going to fold Hanson yeah. has something is Hanson strong enough to actually call our check raise? I don't know. Yes. The well, answer is yes. <laughs> it is. But from, so either way, we've sort of set up this weird spot now, which is, which we can avoid just by betting ourselves. And this is where it actually sucks to have the nuts against Hanson's range specifically. We know Hanson doesn't have the ace of spades. Yeah. It like, if Hanson was willing to do it, having the ace of spades, just calling here, Torelli raising, if that somehow came to fruition, that would be a sweet spot to move in. It'd be like a crazy sweet spot. Like mm-hmm. we're repping the nuts all yeah. day and we yeah. know Trolley can't have it. Yeah. So we know that Hanson can't do that to us. Right. When, when we're Trolley, which kind of sucks if we decide to race. That's a fair point. Yeah. That's of course, you know, it's, it sucks either way. Either it sucks because he can't do that or it sucks because you don't have the nuts and someone else can have the nuts and those are the tricky spots we've been talking about, right? Yeah. I think you'd rather have the nuts and have it suck that so way. So if Trolley were to check raise, he'd be trying to say, this is how I play the ace jack with the ace of spades. I mean, if Torelli were to check raise, I think he'd be saying, I have a pretty good hand. Hope you guys do too. You yeah. Know, let's, let's see if you guys have a good hand, you know, put you to the test a little bit. I mean, yeah, the check, the check, the initial check just messes, muddles the water. I mean, it feels like Alec Torelli trying to win a little bit more money in lieu of trying to win a really big pot. And I think that's a huge mistake on this board with this hand four ways. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I agree. So he decides to call. Which sneaky. It's very sneaky. Which we know with, with Hansen's hand is the wrong decision, but it yeah. might be an okay decision as played so yeah, far. Yeah, it's, it's a weird spot. I mean, what are we going to, if a spade comes off, I guess we're just going to never win another dollar, apparently. Yeah. Um, unless someone has the king of spades. Are we just going to bet if a spades come off? I guess we're going to check and then bet the river and hope to get called. That's fine. Yeah. But it sucks. It does. But I guess we can feel happy that if we bet the flop, we probably got, we assume Glance either calls or he doesn't. Bart Hansen definitely calls. 
and that's probably it. So we probably don't make any extra money unless Glance has a huge hand, right? But which now, he can have. but now any aggressive action we take later in the hand looks so much stronger than it would have had we just see bet the flop. Yeah, because we were the original raiser. Yeah, we could always just have the nut blocker though. Yeah, that is true. We could, and Canuli folds. Nice job, Tommy. He knew what to do with those two red fives. He didn't have the will that time. Didn't have the will to win that He's one. Got to care more. It could come 5-5. Five, five. He could be messing up big time. Of course it could come 5-5. Five, five. Think of how much money he'd make off of Hansen if it came 5-5. Five, five. He'd and make a Torelli. lot. He'd make more off Hansen. This is a bad fold, man. Get a triple up. It's a really bad fold. More than a triple up. How There's some fold? glance money in there. How can you fold? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it happen more than once. I'll tell you what. Runner, runner, quads. Seen yeah. it happen. Yeah. It's brutal. Anyway, I'm yeah. kidding about that. He should fold, and he did. Of course. Um, a place that you can fold, raise, or call. I was just going to do that is Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. We love that place. You might be hearing the word Bitcoin a lot recently. Well, Nitrogen Sports is a Bitcoin-only poker site. Yeah, so everyone knows what that means, finally. Yeah, it comes with a lot of advantages, such as Bitcoin's transactional transactional network. That word was hard to say for some reason. And uh, that's all they use to transfer the Bitcoin. That's They don't go through any internal processing or anything like that. If you want your Bitcoin that you earned on Nitrogen, you can get it at the speed of Bitcoin, usually 5 to 20 minutes. Yeah, some of course, yes, 5 to 20 minutes is super sweet. Um, there's, of course, a great thing, which is a great tournament. <laughs> wow, <laughs> just, you're doing well. Just bear with me here, okay? We're doing a, a tournament on the 31st of December, which if you use the link in the description of this podcast, you can play. It's going to be a very cheap buy-in, like super, super cheap, like yeah. like a tenth of a millibit. We're Something still, like that. We're, we'll, it's going to get posted soon. Um, and there's going to be an, a big prize, so it's going to be well worth it to do, and we're going to play it as well. And uh, the only way you can do that and, of course, get access to other cool things in the future is if you sign up in the link in the description of this podcast. That's correct. And it's very easy to sign up. Just a username and a password. Get on there. Get your Bitcoin on there, which is easy to do as well. Deposits and withdrawals are both very easy. Absolutely. I don't even think they do transaction fees when they um, when you send it out. I mean, it's just great. Like when you ship your money to yourself, I think yeah. it's like all the money comes through. Oh, yeah, and it's you can do awesome. as many as you want. And you can do 50 a day if you want. 50 transactions. Yeah. You can do... No one, processing time. You can do one gigantic transaction if you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Bink a million dollars or a million Bitcoin. A million Bitcoin would be pretty good right that now. That would be, I think, bigger than any tournament they have currently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think but, so. You know, we'll see. We'll see where it all ends up. I don't <laughs> think any tournament ever played has been no for a million bitcoin if it has we certainly you know it definitely wasn't on tv yeah it was in some very nice basement somewhere very very nice basement maybe in some nice space station somewhere Ooh, interesting space station (laughs) why Why do you not want to play poker on a space station i mean so you're saying like billionaires are up there playing poker in space elon and bezos man heads up Seems, heads seems up optimistic. All, heads up for all the Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get back to it, though, maybe. Back okay. to the other stuff. That was, that's what we do. We always have a good time on those ads, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people skip them, and they're just missing out on so much good stuff. Those fools. Yeah. Don't do that. All right. So we got $1,825 in the pot. We're going three ways with Glance, Torelli, and Hansen. Hansen with top set of eights. Torelli with ace, nine of spades for the nuts and glance with a nothing burger, really, with queen 10. He does have a 10 of spades, though. Yeah. Turn is the ace of diamonds. So Torelli improves. Oh, that's a joke. What a jokester you are. Ha ha. Hansen checks again. Yep. You could decide to bet again if you wanted to. You could just bet out here because you'd be worried that um, that glance is actually going to check, especially on that card. Like, what does glance have if he doesn't have a flush? Yeah. Like that, he can really comfortably bet now. I guess he could have had the ace of spades himself, and right. To and bet. then he, I mean, the he ace probably checked this though. The ace of spades will call if we bet. True, and the ace of spades really might check, especially if it's glance. I with think his the ace of spades will check once we call three us. ways. Yeah. yeah, like cool. I have a showdown value. I don't have to bet. Yeah, so I guess you could decide to bet with with top pair and the nut flush draw if you really wanted to. It's not crazy. Yeah, but, but they might check a lot. I think a check is probably more frequent. Also, you don't expect Glance to have a monster kicker with his uh, with his card anyway, right? So a bet might might be good here, but I think like Hansen is maybe a bit in autopilot mode of I'm gonna bluff catch Glance, but maybe didn't think about really betting because Torelli overcalled, and that changes the dynamic. And you wouldn't really bet if it was heads up, but three ways it makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, Torelli really has something that has to strongly consider calling the turn, right? Yeah. Torelli looks like he has. If I'm guessing, like the naked ace of spades a lot, right? 
It's relatively cheap. He's getting a good price. He's closing the action. He can have a big spade in his hand and nothing else. There are some issues, though. Like A lot of the time, Trolley might have something like an overpair with no spade. And that hates this card, obviously. And we'll yes. probably, but the, I don't know if you can get money out of that anyway. It's like getting blood from a stone at this point. Yeah, I agree. Like on the river, if we bet into two other players on this board, how's he going to call with two jacks? Yeah. Seems really hard to do. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get any action from those anyway. So yeah. betting, checking is all the same against those. I mean, it's fine to check here. It's not crazy to check. Yeah. But also, you know what? Maybe Torelli's overcall is sort of like little alarm bells are going off, though. Yeah. I mean, Torelli's taking a strange line, and strange lines often mean something's up. Yeah. So he's like, huh, if it was just me and Glance, I might have to make a move on the turn or something like that, you know? But now I don't know, what ex- I don't know what's up exactly. It's a yeah. little bit weird. I mean, you would still feel really great about your hand. I would feel great about my hand if I was Bart Hansen. Yeah. So Definitely. anyway, he checks. That's right. fine. Checking's fine here. Also, the truth is, McLean's can really have a flush, and we can pot control against that by checking. That's not so bad either. Yeah, that sounds nice too. Yeah. So now Torelli's in his weird spot where he's played in this strange way, and now if he leads out, it looks so strong. I mean, this 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 is this is what sucks about this hand and the way he's playing it. Yeah. Look what he's done to himself. Right. It's like, how in the world is Mac Lance going to be able to bet this turn unless he unless he has a flush, and then it wouldn't have mattered how we played it right. before, you know? If he has two pair or a set, he might bet the turn two. Correct. But if but he would, you know, probably he he would have raised that on the flop. He would have certainly called or raised the flop with yeah. those hands anyway. And, and called the turn. So we haven't gotten any extra value by playing it this way right. against Glance, at least. I think the lesson is when you have a really big hand, you have to play for the really big pot. Maybe not always, but mostly. In know, a multi- like, especially in a multi-way pot. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Torelli checks because, like, I guess that's just what you got to do at this point. I mean, it's hard. I mean, if you suddenly bet, it looks like you have a big ace and you're going to, you're afraid you're going to scare out everyone, probably, right? Yeah. Even if you just have, you know, ace king with the ace of spades or something like that, well, now you have top pair, top kicker, and then a flush draw. Like, what are they supposed to so call So you're it? mostly only getting get action from better hands at that point. Mm-hmm. So... I would think. Yeah. I would think. Maybe someone, could someone ever have, like... Ace-queen with the queen of spades? Seems unlikely. Maybe Glance can. Maybe. But why would you bet that? I mean, it's so much... Whatever. doesn't matter. Um, you might bet it. You might. Trolley checks. I think you kind of are forced to, at this point, having played it this way. Mm-hmm. And Glance is just going to go ahead and shut it down. I mean, Glance is smart to not put any more money in this pot. Yeah. That was a wise decision to shut it down at this point. <laughs> Glance is doing something right. Yeah. Good, congratulations. You know what? Catch Glance doing something right once in a while instead of just doing something wrong. That's, a, that's something people tell parents you know catch your kid doing something right catch glance doing something right. <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm just staring at you yeah yeah so i'm just gonna fill the space All no right. problem so we're uh hansen and torelli are probably both a bit disappointed that glance didn't bet there i mean let's just be clear i mean we don't know what the river's gonna be yet i mean we know but you know as these players but both these guys are pretty disappointed that a lot of money hasn't gotten into this yeah. pot right and we know based on the hands that a huge amount of, they, they could have been all in on the flop. They could, they could have, they could have been enough action on the flop that they get all in on the turn, right? They could at least get it in on the turn. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But instead, it's only an $1,825 pot in a $2,550 game. And, you know, we're still 10K effective with the two big stacks. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's, well, let's see how it plays out. All right. So the river is the 10 of diamonds. The board is now 7, 8, deuce, all spades, ace of diamonds on the turn, 10 of diamonds on the river. Mm-hmm. Not a spade, which is nice for Alec Torelli. Means he can still potentially get action. Not yeah. a spade, which is nice for Bart Hansen. He's got to think he has the best hand most of the time. Well, he does because he bets eleven hundred. Yep. In, into eighteen twenty-five. Yep. So there's really not much to say here. I mean, he's just going for value, hoping some somebody has that ace of spades or maybe rivered two pair. Maybe he's lucky enough that somebody has ace ten. You know, right? With the ace of spades. Maybe Alex Torelli has two tens with the ten of spades in his hand. That would be bad. We would lose to that. We don't want that. Yeah. That would be very bad. We can't root for that. Yeah. No. <laughs> don't root for that. How about 10-8? It's tough to come up with things. We block most of that. All yeah. right. Moving on. We're just betting, hoping somebody's going to call. call with a one-pair hand. Yeah. You know? Or an ace, usually. Yeah. The ace of spades, usually. Um, but guess what Torelli is not going to do? He's not going to call. Although it would be allowed yes. because Glance is still behind him. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. For really laying out the rules technically for us. That's good. I think a lot of people actually get confused by that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Probably not the listeners of this podcast. I've, I have seen people get confused. Listeners of this podcast are certainly most likely 
in the know enough about poker to know that the rule is only if you're in last position to act on the river, you have to take an aggressive action. You're allowed to trap. Right. It's, it's amazing to see people think that you have to bet the nuts on the river out of position. I know it's only, it's only about collusion guys. Yeah. So if you have any, if you're last to act and everyone's checked you and you check it back, Darwin moon did this. Yep. That can't be right. You know, yeah. you're supposed to be trying to get money. So that means you're not trying to get money versus any other time you check, you might still be trying to get money. By right. the way, try and get money when you have the nuts. Little, uh, little tip. I think that is poker guys tip. Number one. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good. Win, win money bet or do things to get other people to bet win money when you can't yeah that's tip number one that's all pretty, right that's pretty much poker so torelli he's gonna race yeah of course what do you think sizing should be here all right let's think about what we're targeting to get to call us right like, i think we feel pretty happy about hansen's range right now like hansen has a pretty strong range when he leads here i mean any well here's the thing anything that isn't strong it almost doesn't matter how we size it, right? Yeah. Like anything that's a bluff or anything that's like, like he can't have the ace of spades. So if he somehow had a king of spades in his hand, maybe he could have the king of spades. Maybe we're super lucky and Hanson revert a straight. Like he could have jack nine. Hanson could also have a flush. I mean, he yeah. could have very strong hands. Jack nine is a strong He could hand. have eight, ten for like middle two pair. Yeah, he could have things like that. So I think since I would assume if we raise... Most of our raises are going to fold out the one pair of hands most of the time, right? We're raising into two players. What the hell? Like, the line we took is pretty strong. I think we should make it big. I like, I like chunking it up and hoping he has a strong hand. Hoping he has a flush, basically. Yeah. Like, all right, let's make up for missed value because we clearly have missed a lot of value right. if this guy has anything. Yeah, I think the sizing should mostly target flushes because it's going to be hard to get called by anything weaker than... I mean, two pair is, is maybe going to fold a lot of the time if we raise no matter what. I mean, ace-10 is going to have to think about it. It's a tough spot for us. It's almost ten. impossible for him to have ace-10. We have the ace of spades. Yeah, it's really tough, isn't it? Really, really tough. You're right. He can't have ace-10. That's too bad. His, two, his best two pair is 8-10. <laughs> and 8-10 is kind That's of... That's a hero. Yeah, it's major like hero. Kind call. of an auto-fold to any river raise here. Yeah, and Alec, I don't think Alec is a guy who does like lots of crazy river raises or anything like that. I don't think that's his reputation. I think we just have to hope he has a big hand because you know what really sucks for us as Torelli now hmm. is people will realize we're not turning the ace of spades into a bluff now most of the time because right. the ace of spades has showdown value because there's an ace on the board. That's right. If there's if there's a bunch of if there's three spades on the board and the ace doesn't come, then maybe people can put us on a bluff more easily, but not now. Right. It's hard for us to have a bluff. It's hard. It's really hard for us to have. So we're just hoping for a big hand. So to that point, I like your idea of sizing it up because the whole, the whole thought is let's just hope he has a big hand and can't fold. Okay. So Hanson bet 1100, 1100. So when we say size it up, Hanson has about 10,000 behind, right? Give or take. So how big do we want to go here? I think Torelli chooses a pretty good size. Actually, he goes 4,500. I think 4,500 is a pretty nice size too. Let's talk for 30 seconds about moving in. Okay, let's like kick it around for a second. Start kicking. So the good news is if he has a strong hand, it's going to be hard to fold if we move in. Yes. Just like it's going to be hard to fold. I mean, 4,500 is probably going to call. He's almost always going to call with nearly the same frequency, I would think, if he has, if we move in, if he's a strong hand. Okay, so I guess we have to get a little bit deeper into it and say like, if he doesn't have, where's, where's the cutoff where he's going to be more price sensitive? Yeah. And and how often does he actually have that type of hand? Like a set, for example, that's a hand that it might be a difference in the size. Absolutely. Right. If he, if we, if we thought he had a set, I might be loath to move in just because I'd be afraid. I think 4,500 would probably get a call and 10,000 might get a fault. I'd be concerned about it. If he has the, the Jack high flush, I think we just have to, you think it's in. the same. He's think he's going to call moving with the same frequency as 4,500. I think if it isn't, it's incredibly, it's like very, it's close enough that it's an easy move in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's probably calling, I mean, if he's calling, if he's calling 4,500, like 90 some odd percent of the time with the jack high flush, maybe a hundred percent. And if we move in, he's calling like 80 some odd percent with the jack high flush, maybe 90%, something like that. Okay. So here's, guess. here's the potential problem. And it's, um, outside of this vacuum of frequencies that we're talking about here. Yeah. We never probably do that. Like we've probably never mm. moved in over a bet this size for yeah. 10K in this game or in any game with these players before. This is a good point. So they might immediately be like, okay, I might have to fold the second nuts here. Like they might really, the frequencies might really change. Yeah, this is a really, really good point. 
where if we have no history at all of making big bets, yeah, especially any kind of an overbet bluff ever, then I would think Bart could fold the Jack High Flush with, with comfort and ease and automatically. Like Tom Dwan should move in here. I don't know if Alec Torelli should. Okay. Okay. As long, but if he could be ever move in as a bluff ever at other points, then he should be moving in. If he ever he, has any big overbet bluffs, forget about even in this spot. Just in general, if he has some overbet bluffs, then I think he can move that's in. That's like, it's more than an overbet, though, if you move in. It's a humongous, it's humongous like It's bet. like a Tom Dwan type of thing to do. You're right. Which Tom Dwan is like one of the only guys who can be balanced in these spots because he actually does it. Yeah. You know, he actually goes for it. Yeah, it's true. So if Torelli wants to do that here, he has to bluff for this much sometimes and give himself horrible bluff prices yeah. like, all the time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. So may- maybe we can't do that because of what you're saying. Assuming that's true about Torelli. Yeah. As far as I know, that's true. I don't know for sure, but let's, yeah. let's go with that. Let's assume that's true. Okay. What's the most we can make it where we can, where we don't like fold people out because they're like, whoa, what the hell's going on? You know, danger, danger, Will Robinson. I mean, I think I would say 5K, but so 4,500 is pretty close. I was wondering if 6K. I was wondering if we could get away with 6K and still pull it off. Maybe. 4,500 is it. a pretty good number. I think, think 4,500 is a good number. pretty good number. I agree. I agree. I just wanted to play with bigger sizing. So Matt Glantz moves in. I'm kidding. He has to. I, <laughs> I'm kidding. Matt Glantz folds. And now this is poopy for Bart Hansen. Bart Hansen is in a world with 16 sec- sectors and only eight Jan Michael Vincents. It's a, oh tough, my it's gosh. a tough spot. Look at you with the Rick and Morty <laughs> references. Yeah. That's season two, my friends. Yes, Inter- <laughs> interdimensional cable part two. Yeah. When Jerry um, had to do yeah. the penis yeah. transplant or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Great, great episode. Anyway, that, that's what I take from that. Six, that's what I say when I'm in a bad spot now. Oh, really? <laughs> I've got 16 sectors and only eight Jan mm-hmm. Michael Vincents over here. Nice. You're going to Jan your Vincents. Do, right. you have to, uh, do you have to know who Jan Michael Vincent is for me to get this? I don't think you do. No. That's right. That's another reference, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> look, at, look at Grant watches, you know, he binge watches Rick and Morty. And now he's just, he's culturally relevant again. It's that's nice me. to see. I finally got on the train. Nice to see. All right. Um, so what were we actually talking about? <laughs> Bart Hansen's spot here. Yeah. It's a bad spot. Okay. So when I was first watching it, I said to you, I think he has to call. And you made a nodding, grunting sound that sounded like you agreed. Did I? Okay. Yeah. Um, but you didn't actually say I agree. You were sort of like a mm, but it seemed like that was <laughs> seemed like a yes to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to interpret sometimes. Yeah. So upon talking about this to the depth that we're talking about it, I don't know if we have to call. Yeah. Right? Because like what in the world is Alec gonna show up with here that's a bluff? The the whole ace of spades point you made is a really good point. There's no reason to turn the ace of spades into a bluff. You can just call with it and win most of the time. You raised plus two. Right. You probably have a good ace, not just an ace. So if we think his bluffs are just random, which that is really what it has to be at this point. Yeah. Just kind of random bluffs. Or he has to be making this crazy above the rim play with showdown value knowing he's no good. I don't know why he would necessarily think that. Yeah. I mean, he might. Maybe he says, well, I have the ace of spades. What's this guy, what's this guy even supposed to have? Right. And that actually is above the rim. You're like, okay, so Hanson basically has two pair or better to bet here because I have the ace of spades. Right. How can he have a one pair hand that he could bet? Right. The problem is what you're really targeting with this raise to fold is like just the two pairs, right? You wouldn't really assume you'd fold out a set. You can well, hope to fold out a set. No, I think you, it's you, a little crazy you'd have to, to assume it. you're folding out a set sometimes if wow. you're going to make that bluff. That means you have to believe Hanson's good enough to do that, right? Right. Now, so... He probably is good enough to do that. So with all this convoluted stuff, we can go to the distribution argument for Hanson. Yes. This isn't actually that high in our distribution. I mean, there's we definitely have pretty much all the flushes. Yeah. Right? Like, we have we all the flushes. We call the big blind. We like, got everything that's suited in Do space. we bet a worse hand than 810? I don't, I don't think so. Because Alec can really have a big ace, which has us beat, right? So, so, we, so if we had... I don't think so. No, 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 no. 810 is two pair. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm okay. saying, um, what am I saying? My point is, sorry, I had a reason for saying that. I understand it doesn't make any sense based on what you said now that I play it back in my head. Yeah. But it really made sense when I said it. You don't have all the Jan Michael Vincents up there, do you? Or did <laughs> a you, couple, get a, you, got couple couple extra, you got a couple extra sectors now? They're, they're really worn thin. <laughs> a couple Vincents short of a, I don't know what. Yeah. A full sector What coverage. did I mean when I said that? So you're saying he can bet, um, the 810 is like the worst hand he can bet, right? Yeah, maybe maybe he can bet seven eight, flop two pair. He might play the same as a set of eights. I don't know. 
Oh, I guess no. What I was saying is I was agreeing with you. And I was saying like, that's the worst hand he would be able to bet. So he wouldn't bet like aces here is what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because because Torelli can have big aces. Yeah. That makes sense. Correct. The, okay. The, the there you go. Aces. You skipped a step. I got the, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I did in my head. I just jumped yeah. there and gotcha. yeah, I didn't say it out loud. Which, you know, that's what you should do on these audio okay, so only then, uh, So then shows. we have 8, 10, um, and two worst sets are the only worst hands in our distribution. And then we have all the flushes, which is more than that. A lot more. So we're well below the 50% line here. Yes. How much is in the pot? Uh, all right. So we bet 1,100 to 1,825, and Trelly moves it or raises to 4,500. So we're adding 5,600 to 1,825. 66, 75, like 7,500, yeah. and it's 34 to call. So we only have to be right one out of every three times. Okay. but Right? Yeah. Yeah, three about, times. About that. But that doesn't mean 33rd, 33rd percentile in our distribution is good enough because then we have to take into account bluff frequency as well. Of course. Which is seems infrequent based on the way this hand is played out. It does seem very unlikely based on this line that Alex taken. It seems like he's often got the nuts based on this line. They were actually speculating, uh, the commentators, that Al could have Jack-9 and have rivered the nuts straight, but I don't think he's raising no. the nuts straight here. No, because Bart Han- can have it. Hansen is uncapped. Right. Han- uh, Hansen absolutely can have the nuts himself. Yeah. So why would we... Why, it's only because you can see the hands that you'd say that, right? Like I think the line is somewhere around the queen-high flush for calls here for Hansen if, hmm. if we think it through. I mean, we're certainly calling with the king-high flush. Yeah. We're just going to have to. The queen high flush, we we think for a while, probably find a call. I think I think jack high, ten high, you have to at least think about pretty strongly. But everything else is tough to come up with. Uh, the other thing is this: like if we think about it, we're probably gonna have all the suited kings in our range, most of the suited queens, but not all suited, not all spades, right? So, right. so that also means we're gonna have a lot more kings and queens high flushes than other kinds of flushes, probably. Yeah. So that means we're. I'm just thinking about distribution wise. Like the even the ten high flush is actually closer to the set of eights than it is yeah. to the king high flush. It is, although it doesn't feel like it. Right? Maybe we can only call with king high flushes. I mean, I don't know. We can probably call with the queen high flush too. Seems like so nitty to just to call with only king high flushes. I know. Seems so exploitable. It, it may not be, but it feels insanely exploitable. It feels that way, but unless Torelli has a history of just complete being a madman, like. We the, here's yeah. a big problem. We neither of us can think of bluffs. Nope, can't think of bluffs. So unless he's the kind of guy who's going to show up with some random bluffs, what is he doing this with? If it, is he ever raising? Let's ask this question: Is he ever raising the king high flush? Forget the king, high, the queen high flush. Himself. I don't know. Although it doesn't matter because we're always calling with the king high flush anyway. Yeah. Is he ever raising the jack high flush? That's the question. I don't know. I don't know either. It might be. He might feel like I have to get value. Yeah. If he can have jack high flushes, that helps a little bit, but there aren't very many jack high flushes in his range because it's he opened basically plus just two. jack 10 or jack nine of spades. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's opening jack seven of spades. So there's two combos of that. That's not good. Yeah. As opposed to all the big combos, there's a million combos of the other stuff comparatively, yeah. right? Yeah. We might have to fold the queen high flush. Wow. That's so brutal. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to fold like a huge, huge hand and hold them for yeah. sure. I think it's, it's a cash game. It's easier to talk yourself into, eh, I just throw it, it's okay. Well, sometimes a hand plays out as such that, like, how can he have a bluff? There's just no mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those spots. Yeah. Like, he overcalled the flop after checking as the preflop raiser and then raised the river. And it's something we say. We're seeing this more now, but people don't raise the river very much, you know? They well, just don't. Okay. Without having it. The only bluff he can have, going back to it, is an above-the-rim ace-10 plus with the ace of spades, thinking, okay, I mean, Hansen's only betting two pair or better. Whatever. And, like, we know, and we know Hansen doesn't have the nuts. So first of all, he has to be able to have the, have the ability to make that play. And second of all, he has to be doing it right now. Yeah. Those are, I don't know that either one of those is likely at all. So I think it's that. I, I don't think we should have to worry too much about I it. I agree. So Hansen, in the end, makes a good fold. He yeah, folds. Yeah, this is a great fold. And it's a, it is a great fold. Yeah. It actually reminds me a little bit of Isaac Barron in the PCA, where I th- I'm going to say his name wrong. Did we do this one as just a podcast only Did one we, like way back when in the day? When he flopped a straight, and is it Sham? No, no, he didn't flop it. So he up, flopped an open ender, and Sham Srinivasan, that's it, um, is on his right and flops in spades, actually, the nut flesh, and he checks it all three streets, and Barron bets all three streets. Barron makes the, the nut straight on the turn, and Barron 
bet folds the river. I think we did that as a podcast only one, like one of the earliest podcasts. Really? I don't think we did, but either way, it's it reminds me a lot of it in terms of where you're sitting there. You're near the top of your distribution. Not near the top. You have a very strong hand. How about that? Yeah. And yet the line the other player takes is so strong and it's so hard for them to be bluffing. And you just like say, I guess I just fold anyway. And and I remember when it happened, Sham check raised him and uh and the commentators who knew who knew Isaac Barron really well were saying, he's gonna find a fault. He's definitely gonna find a fault. Oh. And indeed he did. You know? And I, I it's impressive to me. Well, this was an impressive fold by Bart Hansen. Yes. And sneaky Alec Torelli gets away with a little more cash. Well, he doesn't really, does no. he? He actually misses out on the full double, which I mean he really if he bets gotten. the flop, it really could go a lot differently. I would expect Hansen's often gonna race. Maybe not always, but you're at least going to get three streets of value if yeah. you bet the flop, right? Yeah. You're going to make more money for sure because Hanson's going to have to go call, call, call yeah. if you bet the flop. So you can size up the river for sure, right? You bet 400, 400 on the flop, 1,200 on the turn, or 1,000 on the turn, something like 4, that. 4,000 on the river or whatever. Yeah, 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 and you make more money. Yeah. So, so that's something everyone can feel happy about is Alec Trolley missed out on value. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Music all right, is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.